audio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 19. Here's Pastor Ryan. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You ever think about the, this fallen world, the, the, the most lamest excuses for not coming to Jesus Christ. I mean, even when I was in the world, I knew, I knew that if, if I gave my life to Jesus Christ, there was going to have to be changes. That I couldn't live the way I, I, I was living. Whatever that looks like to the world, it's different for every person. But I knew that I liked living in my sin. I like the idea of giving my life to Jesus Christ and having eternal life. You didn't have to tell me that he was God. I believed that Jesus was God even before I came to know him. I knew he was God. But I said no thanks to that because I wanted to live in my sin. And there are people out there that we need to pray for that are so lost. They think, you know what, if I come to the Lord, then there goes my schedule. I'll have to wake up on Sundays. I'll have to be involved. Some, it's, it's, it's sin of every type. I'll have to end this relationship. They know, fornicators know that they can't live in fornication and be Christians. Adulterers know they can't do that and be Christians. There has to be repentance. There has to be change. The self-righteous will have to, you know, when, when, what did Jesus say? Whoever desires to come after him must deny himself. That means that the world, all of us, no longer live for our own will. It isn't about what you and I want anymore. It's about what he wants. He's our Messiah. He's our King. He's our Savior. And whatever he wants... He should get from us because he saved us from all of our sins and he suffered a terrible death on the cross for our sins. So whatever he wants, he should get. And Demetrius isn't concerned with that. And I know people within my life, friends from the past, they love the idea of Jesus. But they still want to live their own life. They think maybe when they're older, they'll come to them. They want to go and play around and, and live in sin. And then when they find the right person that, that's pretty enough or handsome enough, then they'll settle down and then they'll go to church. But if they die before their plans pan out, they go to hell, not for a little bit of time, for eternity. For eternity. For a crust of bread. When all they had to do was give their life to Jesus and... Let him bring the spouse or whoever. And then go have fun in the marriage bed. As God had ordained it to be. But 
the world is so blind. Like Demetrius, our prosperity is at stake. That's why Jesus said that the light has come into the world, that the condemnation is that they love darkness because their deeds are evil and they don't want to come to the light because it will, it will expose it. And it doesn't even have to be this tremendous kind of outward sin. It's just the, I'd rather not go to church. But I wonder how many Christians today are just, Jesus Christ is no longer master. He's no longer Lord. You know, and there's Christians today who make their own religions and they can just stay home while everyone else goes to church. Because they're, they, the, the pride, the blindness is creeping back in that he died for. See, humility coming before Christ says, I cannot live without him. I cannot walk or talk or breathe or do anything without him. So how am I going to stay home and, and think I'm okay? How, how can I deceive myself and say, he's my Lord and my master and my boss, but I'm going to stay home and ignore his word. It shows such terrible disrespect for Jesus Christ. Such terrible. We have to do what he says. Demetrius is all about his own life, and that, he's a picture of the world. Moreover, you see and hear that, only, that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's uh, travel companions. So the whole city was riled up and they rushed into the theater, which is still there today in Ephesus. It sits 25,000 people and this huge theater is packed with the, with the city basically. And they got two of Paul's traveling companions. They have them, they have them there. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. And some of the officials of Asia who were his friends sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Such a pastor's heart, such a shepherd's heart, such a man of God who, who sees two of, his, two of his students arrested, held by the mob there, 25,000. And Paul's like, let me in there. Let me in there. This is why we study the word. This is why we come to church. Because faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. This is our, this is our heritage. Paul the Apostle is part of our heritage. That's what Christianity is. It's, it's bold. It's courageous. It's powerful. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. These are the days we're living in. This is what we need. We need to hear about Paul's adventures. Too many Christians are playing it safe. I mean, serious. Oh my goodness. We go to men's conferences every now and then. Everyone gets all manned out. All macho. All macho in the Lord. Like, oh, let's, let's conquer. We're more than conquerors. You know, I want church to be like that. We are more than conquerors. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I will not fear. 
What's up? Two of our guys are in that crowd. Let's go. And he had to be held back. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, when Satan is judged, it says that, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. They did not love their lives to the death. Not that we live reckless, but we give God permission to stretch us. We give God permission to call us out of the boat. Come on, I know you think you're going to... Come out, Peter. Walk. Yeah, but the scientists say, I'll, 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 I'll drown. But you're dealing with God now. Paul would say concerning those that would mock him and attack his character in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 28. He says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more. I am more. In labors more abundant in stripes. Stripes, guys, like whippings in stripes above measure in prisons more frequently in deaths often from the Jews. Five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides other things what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Paul got beat down for the Lord beat up time and again and time and again. It wasn't easy. The Lord promised him and all of us that in this world we'll have tribulation, but be of good courage, for Jesus has overcome the world. We should not be crippled by fear and anxiety and worry. It's a lack of prayer. Jesus said, pray lest you enter into temptation. Prayer, the power of prayer, the power of time with the Lord, all, it gets us going. If it doesn't get us going, then it's nothing. It's, and then the prayer session was just religious. But our prayer session, shouldn't it be like when we go pray to the Lord? Shouldn't it be, here I am, Lord, you have saved me. What would you have me to do? Isn't that a basic prayer? How can I, oh, you know, Lord, like, thank you for this new day. Thank you for my food. Thank you for my clothes. Thank you for my job. Bless my day. Protect me from the devil. Amen. People live that way. Do you think that's prayer? That ain't prayer. Prayer is I'm here. You saved me for a reason. What do you want me to do? Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused. And most of them did not know why they had come together. Kind of like today. Some of the crowds, some of the rioting, you know. People get together, they burn businesses down, they destroy people's lives. Is that justice? People not knowing what they're doing. For the Christian, we need to know what we're doing. We cannot be in blindness. You are not in the Bible. God says you're, you're not in darkness, so these things should overtake you. You're not blinded. Really? CNN is telling you what's up? Really? This late in the game? Really? You don't see through that? And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. How sad is that? This Alexander was, was pushed up front by the Jews to, to defend hey, the, the Jewish people there who weren't 
who weren't about Paul the Apostle and they weren't about Christianity wanted, wanted the people to know, hey, we're not with Paul the Apostle. We're not with this Christian stuff. We're into Judaism. So he was going to go and do that for the Jews. That's who he was. But when the crowd saw that he was a Jew, their anti-Semitic hearts kicked in and, and they just ignored him. They pawned him away. This is sad on a couple levels. This Alexander the coppersmith, smith, some believe it's the same Alexander who was a coppersmith that Paul speaks to Timothy and warns Timothy about in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's turn there so that you can, you can see what I'm talking about. 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience with some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwrecked. Some have sh suffered shipwrecked, Paul says, of whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blasphemy. So, so more than one commentator believes that this Alexander is this same Alexander that he warns Timothy of. And then if you turn to 2 Timothy, the next book, chapter 4, Paul refers to him again. 2 Timothy, chapter 4, beginning with verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. And so many believe that this Alexander is the same guy that Paul warned the church about. And to some of you, it may be a surprise that at times the Lord calls people out by name. Can I get an amen? Or Ah, you are surprised. Yes, the Lord at times does call people out by name. People that are dangerous to the body of Christ. Peter would say to pastors, shepherd the flock, shepherd them. And you know, as shepherds, historically, they have a staff. They're there to feed the sheep, tend to the sheep, lead the sheep, protect the sheep. And so it's not every day that people are like called out. Can you imagine? But from time to time, biblically, there is a right time for a pastor to call out a person by name. One who is causing division amongst the brethren. In Romans chapter 16, verses 17 through 18, Paul says, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. In Titus chapter 3, verses 10 through 11, it says, Reject the device of man after the first and second admonition knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. So there's a time to call somebody out, amen? When there's division involved, when it can hurt the church. So I love to see that example by Paul. So for those of you who don't know that, yeah, from time to time, the Lord will do that. We're all sinners, we all sin. But there are differences in sins. When it's, when it's to cause division within the church, that's elevated to a different standard. 
So we see this Alexander being pushed forward by the Jews. They put him forward and Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, great is Diana of the Ephesians. And so he was greatly just disrespected, ignored because he was Jewish when they found out he was Jewish. You know, the reality of our world today is that anti-Semitism has been growing rapidly around the world. I don't know if you've heard of it, but a lot of times the news isn't going to declare that, report on that, but it has been growing around the world. We support Chosen People Ministries. They have their, their hands on all of that. They know what's going on. And as you know, we're a church that's a friend uh, to Israel. We have the menorah out there in our lobby because we're a church that supports Israel. And um, it's true. They say that in Europe is really the hotbed for most of the anti-Semitism. They say that 73% of Jewish Europeans uh, hide their Jewish identity for fear of anti-Semitism. And uh, there's been attacks on Jews. It has gone up uh, in recent years. There was a woman who was thrown out of her apartment in Paris simply for being Jewish and uh, so on and so forth. In Latin America, there, there are some as well. There's, a, there's, there's a, you know, like graffiti all over the world. There's uh, attacks on synagogues. There's property damage. Argentina's probably the country most to have anti-Semitism. We know that they housed the Nazis after World War II. A lot of them went down there to hide. They were sympathizers to the Nazis. So the, France right now, other than the United States and Israel, it has the highest population of Jews, but it is lessening because of anti-Semitism. And then in Europe, man, I mean, they're all messed up in uh, the UK with, you know, allowing Sharia law in some places and the Islamic influence there. So there's there's a lot of anti-Semitism there. And a lot are leaving and a lot are going back to Israel. And I remember when I went to Israel in 2001, right before 9-11, there was still more Jewish people in Brooklyn than there were in Israel. But now Israel has taken over that. Because we're living in the last days and God gave them back their country, right, in 1948, May 14th. And so they're back in their, in their ancient land and God is drawing them back to that land as it said in the book of Ezekiel that he would and Isaiah. So it, all of this has to do with the times that we're living in. Anti-Semitism is going up, it's going up. You need to be aware, we need to pray uh, for Israel. We need to pray for the, for the Jewish people. And we need to view it in light of scripture. It's the only way to view it. You know that there's, you know, some of the biggest churches in the world, some of the biggest denominations believe in replacement theology that Israel is no longer a factor, that the blessings of Israel are simply for the church. The Catholic Church is one of them. Okay? Now, if you study church history and you look at things through the lens of Scripture, it, it may, it'll make more sense to you. If you don't look at it through the lens of Scripture, and this is what many Catholics would say, oh, well, let me see, or, the, or, the, or the, their, their doctrine, oh, well, you know, it was the Jews that, that killed the Messiah. No, it was the Italians who did it. We should boycott Italy, and you should move the Vatican out of there. No, you see what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense. He died for the sins of the world. He laid down his life. Nobody took his life. He laid it down so that he can take it again. 
But we need to view it in the lens of Scripture. Here, the, the Greeks and the Romans were, you know, they disdained the Jews. And this is why, he, the, you know, Alexander's being ignored here by the Ephesians. In the 19th century, we, we know that racial anti-Semitism led to six, more than 6 million Jews killed by the Nazis. But let's look at this biblically. The Lord used his chosen people to bring to us the whole world the redemption through their jewish messiah there is no way around it you mean to tell me that god chose abraham and his people to bring the redemptive work of the cross to the world through them yes through them the jews through them through Moses, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, all of them, through the kingly line of David, that the Messiah would come? Yes, through them. Now I know why the devil hates them. Because the redemptive work came through the Jews. That's why the devil hates them. That's why, you, you know, throughout history, they're being attacked and they're being attacked. What's the beef with the Jews? It's that the redemptive work came through them. You're looking at it through scripture, not through the media. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. I have no beef with the reality that I love my Jewish Savior, Jesus Christ. I have no beef with that. Some people, they have to make Jesus, you know, oh, he was Mexican. No, no, he wasn't. He just wasn't. They're just, you know, it's a long distance. He just wasn't. It's cool. Because I'm looking at things scripturally, not through feelings. It's not feelings. It's scripture. He's, it was a Jewish mom, Jewish stepdad of the kingly line of the second king of Israel, David. That's why they're being attacked. Don't believe the hype. Look at anti-Semitism through the lens. And God is not done with them. Think about the babies that were killed when Jesus were, were, was born in Bethlehem. Think about how many young boys from two and under were killed with the sword. Stabbed. Jewish boys. Jewish boys. And the Bible tells us that Israel's going to have their eyes open one day soon and realize that Jesus was indeed their Messiah. So pray for Israel. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is the temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Zeus? They believed that she was like... Uh, came down in a star or meteorite or something from Zeus, that Zeus birthed Diana. Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. 
For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar. There being no reason which we may give to account for the disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. The Roman Empire, it was a time of the Roman uh, Paxta, the Roman peace. So like they had peace from major wars. So they had time to relax and chill and just sit on their throne. Like really just police the people. One thing that Caesar absolutely forbid was riots. He wanted that Roman, he wanted everything to be at peace. And it's not like today where you can burn down cities and not get in trouble for it. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapman. Bye.